Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and thanks for joining me on today's broadcast. Now, as I've shared often and will continue to do so, my prayer is that this ministry, these messages, and the challenges and encouragement found in them is calling you to a deeper walk with Christ. As I say that, I want to continue to say happy resurrection and Easter day. Happy Good Friday Day. I failed to mention that yesterday, but boy, that is the worst day in history, became one of the greatest days in history and all eternity for those who of us who believe, right? Jesus paid the price and then conquered the very death that he had to suffer so that we could not only know him and be in a relationship with him, but do so for eternity. I hope, if you've not already done so, that you are moving from the milk to the meat of the word. And if you're already there and haven't been doing the following, that you are taking others deeper in their commitment to Christ, making disciples who make disciples for his kingdom and glory. Now, yesterday's message focused on the priority of Christ above all things and in all things. Paul said it this way, I preached only Christ and him crucified. This is the only way we find the glory that excels, the title of yesterday's message, and how we are to truly live our lives, build our relationships and communities in such a way that they bring God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all glory. If you missed that one or any of the others, you can find them at loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com, spell out A and D in the middle, not the ampersand that you see on the banner if you're watching the video, loveandlordship.com. And you find many more things there, but you can watch videos on the watch tab, listen on the, uh, to podcasts on the listen tab, and read articles. And then there's ministry activities, several things going on. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, I'm also excited that we are about two-thirds of the way through, and we're getting ready to wrap up this month here in April, a marriage and discipleship series that I've been doing with Nineveh Christian Church over in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. So that's been a wonderful group of, of couples and people, and uh, so thankful for Nineveh giving me the opportunity and for their support. Thank you so much for that. Um, now, you can reach me if you'd like, if your church or organization would like to do something, reach me, you can reach me at loveandlordship at gmail.com, loveandlordship at gmail.com. Again, yesterday we touched on how we are to give all glory to God by making our life and the message of our life all about Christ. Any deterrence or deference elsewhere points our glory to something else, and it is usually and ultimately rooted in us. God told the prophet Isaiah in chapter 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, Yahweh, Jehovah. I will not give my glory to another, nor praise, nor my praise to idols, graven images, or any other created thing, including you and me. One translation says it very plainly this way. God will not share his glory with another, any other thing, created thing. The trouble comes when we come up against those areas where we struggle with what and how God is working in our life or the lives of others, especially those close to us, but also when we see all the suffering and evil in our fallen world. These circumstances, these people and situations, and even our own feelings, our compassions, our, our desires, 
cause us to doubt whether God deserves our focus, our priority, and our glory. You know what I'm talking about. We all have them, just as the first disciples in the early church had them. Oswald Chambers picks up on this and calls it those borders of distrust. That's the name of the title of today's message. It's found in the, in the devotional book on April 4th and at myutmost.org on April 4th. What are the areas in your life, your family, your work, relationships, finances, etc., on and on, where, once again, the Lord doesn't seem to be where he said he would be, doing what he said he'd do, and it certainly looks like things are a mess. What do we do then? Most of us tend to respond to the situation based upon what others are doing, how we feel about the circumstances, and what we think would work best. This is especially difficult when we possibly just had a mountaintop experience and just know the Lord is always going to come through, but he's not right now. What's up, right? This is exactly what Jesus was pointing out to his disciples in the upper room the night he was betrayed, denied, abandoned, flogged, crucified, and then buried. What? This isn't at all how we saw this thing playing out. All for one, one for all. We will reign victoriously as Rome and the Jewish leaders cower at our feet, right? That's where the disciples still were. We see it in their actions, in their, in their conversation. So let's see if this is what Jesus was telling them in those last moments and what we can learn from his words as he speaks an uncomfortable truth to his disciples and to us, remember, exposing that we all have those borders or areas of distrust that must be overcome by faith. He's in John 16, 32, nearing the end of his time in the upper room, right before he prays the high priestly uh, or, or prayer or prayer of unity in John 17. In John 16, 32, he states to them, Behold, the hour comes that you shall be scattered. Now, filling in the gaps in this text actually may even deepen our distrust as Jesus said, Behold, an hour is coming, and it's already here. It has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone, to abandon me. <laughs> here we are again. Say what? You think we're going to abandon you? Ain't no way. We're with you through thick and thin, Jesus, right to the very end. So let's see what we can learn from this test of faith in Jesus' words. Chambers says, Jesus is not rebuking the disciples. Their faith was real, but it was disturbed. It was not at work in actual things. The disciples were scattered to their own interest, alive to interests that never were in Christ, in Jesus Christ. Remember, in one place, we find out they were asking once again, who's going to be the greatest? Which one of us is going to be the greatest, right? Well, this is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Where's our focus? How do our feelings and desires, our, our, our outcomes, drive our choices, desired outcomes, right? Or are we focused on His truth and putting our trust completely in Him? Chambers goes on. After we have been perfectly related to God in sanctification, I'm adding here, remember, that's His, that's his work as grace, Every bit of work of grace, every bit as much as salvation, right? It's part of the salvation. We just partner with him in this, but it's still by grace through faith. After we have been perfectly related to God in sanctification, 
Our faith has to be worked out. There it is. Grown and matured in actualities, in the day-to-day stuff of life. This living it out, this discipleship, is actually a huge majority of the contents of the New Testament. And yet we fearfully get stuck on just saying that we're to evangelize folks to salvation. This is scary, dangerous, and the fruit of what we've done in our churches and what we've avoided is all around us. It's in our media, our technology, our education, our government, and beyond, as these are nearly devoid of any godly truths or character while we sit in our church espousing salvation. But the real question is, and most of the New Testament is dealing with this, how is it being lived out in the actualities, in life itself, in my day-to-day job, in helping to stand up for the laws that are in line with God's truth, for an education that is in line with that, and much, much more, a media that doesn't, that doesn't d- d- blaspheme, basically, God at every turn. You see, that's the pressing question all throughout God's Word. When will we stop avoiding it and stand on His truth and power in grace and love in all things? Chambers goes on to say, We shall be scattered, not into work, but into inner desolations and made to know what internal death to God's blessings mean. Ooh, that's tough. Are we prepared for this, he says? It is not that we choose it, but that God engineers our circumstances so that we are brought to that point. We're brought there. Until we have been through that experience, our faith is bolstered up by feelings and blessings. And he still honors that to help you grow. You see, your feelings, desires, quickly answered prayers to help mature your faith. But there's so much more. When once we get there, No matter where God places us or what the inner desolations are, we can praise God that all is well. That is faith being worked out in the actualities, in the day-to-day stuff of life. And he goes on and he repeats what he'd said earlier in the text, and shall leave me alone. Have we left Jesus alone by the scattering of his providence? Because we just don't see God in that circumstance or that situation or that relationship. You see, darkness comes by the sovereignty of God so that our faith will grow. Remember, faith is walking in the unseen. Allow me to close out this devotional with our food for thought with Chambers' own words as they are poignant, powerful, and I pray convicting for all of us. Are we prepared to let God do as he likes with us? Prepared to be separated from conscious blessings? Listen especially to this because this is the call for every believer according to God's word. Not not to just show up, give some money, and serve some. All important, but all can be done in the flesh apart from Christ as Lord. Here's how he closes. Until Jesus Christ is Lord, we have We all have ends of our own to serve. Our faith is real, but it is not permanent yet. God is never in a hurry. If we wait, we shall see that God is pointing out that we have not been interested in himself, but only in his blessings. The sense of God's blessings is elemental. 
And I'll close with my thought on that. In other words, if all we're after is the basic elementary faith found in the milk of his word, gimme, 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 thanks for giving it to me, you're such a great God, we're not, we're not moving to the meat. We're not growing. And we're not helping others grow. We are called to grow beyond this. And we can do so because Christ has promised it. This, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Spiritual grit, tenacity, toughness, and grace and love is what we need. Here's our love and action items. Regular listeners know these first two. Spend time with God and His Word and prayer and listening every day. Begin with text in this message. Start in the Gospel of John. If you want to pick something else, great places. Number two, as you do so, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Number three, what is your relationship with God based on? Is it feelings, your own concepts of what he should be and what that relationship should look like and what he should be doing? And number four, according to God's word, what is our relationship with him based on? What will you do to grow your faith and help others do the same? Now, the regular listeners know if your first time tomorrow is Wednesday, so it's a we have a regular Wednesdays for Women with our co-host and friend Adia Wishner from Kentucky Right to Life. Great insights on our legislature and things in culture and God's Word and how they impact our women on Wednesdays for Women. Join us and invite family, friends, loved ones, and enemies to do so as well. If you want to contact me, you can do so at loveandlordship at gmail.com. And don't forget our website, loveandlordship.com. Com. Thank you for joining us. Thanks always for your prayers, and thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day in the love and lordship of Christ. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.